This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Matt Report. Uh, this is the number one WordPress entrepreneur show. Uh, if you haven't found us, where the heck have you been? Uh, it's one of the only <laughs> WordPress business podcasts out there on the web. What we do is we talk to people who use WordPress as the cornerstone of their business. Either they're, they're an agency doing client services or they're an entrepreneur and they may, might sell products and services and goods or they just happen to use WordPress uh, as the foundation of their store. We're going to talk to them and figure out how they run their business and what WordPress means uh, in their daily lives. You can find more uh, of this uh, at mattreport.com. Join the mailing list, mattreport.com slash subscribe. And by the way, we're loving the five-star reviews coming in at iTunes, as every podcaster does. Uh, And don't forget, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, on Stitcher, on YouTube, on SoundCloud. Uh, You can just listen to the show at mattreport.com, whatever you want to do. But if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, it helps us get found a little bit better. You don't even have to leave a review. All you have to do is scroll to the fifth star. Just click that. Leave that five-star. That really helps us. Uh, Even if you have a one-star, leave that and leave a comment for that because I want to know how we can get better. Uh, Again, mattreport.com slash subscribe. And this show is brought to you by Conductor Plugin. This is the latest product that I've released. It's a great way to build content-rich sites without having to touch the code. Uh, If you're a WordPress user, a blogger, a power user, or even a developer, I invite you to check that out. You can learn more at conductorplugin.com. And today, I think the reigning champion of Matt Report interviews, my good buddy, Brian Castle, he's going to join us today. To, and it, Well, first, let me introduce him. If you, if you don't already know him, if this is your first show joining into the Matt Report, uh, he's, the co-founder, or he's the founder of Restaurant Engine Hotel Propeller. Uh, he has a product called uh, Design for Conversions and now recently launched uh, a product called Productize. It's an interesting twist on a product. Uh, sort of educational product, it's a class, it's a consulting, it's pretty awesome, uh, and we're going to talk about that today in, his, in that recent launch. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back on, Matt. This is awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's always great to, to catch up with you and bring in the insights. I'm, I'm always sort of admiring uh, by afar, from afar, your consistency, your ability to do the research and put in the work and then launch something. Um, you know, it's 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 funny because I haven't I haven't told anybody yet, but I started to craft a book, right? Craft Uh-oh. an ebook and started to started to sit down and write. And I oh, every time I open it up, I'm right now I'm using Simple Note to draft this. And every time I open it up, I'm like, how the hell does Brian do this? <laughs> they are every day, day in and day out, create content. It's it's quite a talent, my friend. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I mean, um, it's. Uh, you know, just writing in general, I think for anyone, whether you're writing a book or just blogging on a regular basis, man, that is one skill that I think everyone should should hone and, and get better at. And like, even if you're doing things like videos and podcasting, if you write the scripts beforehand or just write the outlines, I mean, writing is just so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, been, it's been huge for me for, for a while. As, I mean, you know, Nathan Barry as well, another uh, well-known writer, teacher, um, I think he 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 he's kind of known now for that thousand words a day routine and how that's had an impact on his business. And I don't exactly do the same kind of routine, but it's 
for sure. You know, as whenever I'm writing on a consistent basis, I was literally just writing an article right before we hit record today, and it just helps like uh, clarify my thoughts and and just think about things in a in a in a clearer way, and it just really helps. And and then of course, you know, you. you it helps you connect with more people. So. Yeah, and that's sort of the 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 essence, right, or the genesis of your new productize product. Uh, tell us about that. What what is that, and how did you get to uh, this point of creating this, or why did you create this this new product for us? Yeah, sure. So productize is a uh, it's an advanced training course and a live workshop uh, to help you launch and grow and market a productized service business. So. Um, you know, productized services are something that we're we're really seeing a lot more of uh, recently, um, or at least you know th this term productized services or productized consulting um, is is kind of popping up quite a bit lately. And basically, the the concept is you know rather than building software or um, really investing all the time and effort and money into building something like a like a SaaS or 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 very like um, big kind of product that way. A productized service allows you to launch a product very, very quickly um, to actual paying customers um, so that you can not only just get feedback and validate an idea, but actually build a, a product around the manual service. And then the question becomes, well, how can you scale up if the thing is done completely manually? Um, and the answer to that and, and what I what I teach and productize is how to scale up and systematize a manually delivered service um, through building systems and processes and automation. And then the other piece of this is how to market it, market a productized service because it, it is very different from marketing and selling typical freelance work or consulting work. Um, as a productized service, what makes it different is that it's focused on one single service, a high value added service. Um, packaged at a set price and a set scope and it's designed for one ideal customer so you're focusing in on one service but you're also focusing in on one ideal customer um, so the first part of the course kind of um, goes through how to how to figure that out how to target your one thing and your one customer um, and then how to craft your value proposition so it, it kind of covers all that it is delivered in a like a self-serve uh, video course over 20 lessons uh, and then um, periodically, and, and right now, I don't know when this is going to go live, but right now we're at the end of October, um, and currently uh, there are spots open up for the uh, work, the live workshop package, and that's in no that's happening in November. Um, and what that basically is, is it, you know, you get all the courses, all the course videos, and everything in the course book, but uh, you'll also join me and a small group of about five people. I'm, I'm breaking it up into into small groups of five. Um, on a live two-hour workshop where we're actually going to work through each other's businesses, you know, hammer through specific strategies around where where each of the five attendees are at, um, kind of like a, a mastermind group uh, where we'll, we'll learn about the, the type of services that you're currently offering, how you're launching that into a productized offering, and then, you know, if you're a little bit further along, how you can implement some marketing strategies and sales systems to to really get that growing and then of course systemizing and, and scaling up. Mm. One of the things that I sort of always I'm always in tune to a lot of these marketing a lot of web marketers as, as you are too and we probably know a lot of the same people and I'm always looking at you know folks thinking that this kind of thing 
like launching a digital product or launching an educational product, there's a fine balance between like imposter syndrome and you're not ready to do this yet. Like you are not ready to teach anybody. In fact, you shouldn't hit publish on your work because you might not have the, ex the right experiences and you're doing a disservice to yourself and, and your potential client. So there's a fine line to of that to you need to get this shit out into the world. <laughs> you need yeah. to tell people about it. How did you, when did you make that uh, that leap, I'm not saying that you've, you were ever on the, on, on the left-hand side is the way I'm holding it up, but how do you decipher that? How do you make that leap? When do you know you're ready? Is Brian today look at Brian from three years ago, five years ago, say, man, what were you thinking back then? Like, what's the difference? You know, that, that is a great question, and I think a lot of people run into that, even if you're, if you're simply just blogging. Like, am I even a, an authority to blog about this topic? Um, that question comes up quite a bit, right? And I'll say two things. I mean, number one, you're more experienced than you might think you are. You are, I, I am, everyone listening to this is has some level of experience that a whole group of people out there does not have that same experience that you have. So you have to keep that in mind. I, whenever I'm writing, I'm always thinking about the person who is a year or two or three behind where I'm at right now. And I, I subscribe to plenty of newsletters and, and blogs and podcasts of people that I think are a couple of years ahead of me. So I learn from them. And um, you've got to always keep that in mind. And even the, the, so the things that you write about today, they're going to seem very obvious to you. Like they're going to seem too easy for you because you know how to do them. You're experienced with them. But there's someone out there who's just getting started with this stuff. So and they're lost. They they need answers. They're searching for for questions. They're searching for answers to their questions. Um, and if you're if you're going to answer those questions in an article, in an ebook, in a course, um, that's how you make it connect. And then the other thing that I would add here is, I think it's important. I, I've always thought that it's important to learn from the experiences of others. So in in my course, productize. Yeah, a lot of it is based on my experience building Restaurant Engine. Um, Restaurant Engine is a, very much a productized service, and, and I can talk more about that later, how it's we've systemized and scaled up largely manual processes within that business. Um, and so a lot of the lessons are taken from, from my experience of building that over the last three years. But I, I was very conscious of making a point of basing the majority of the of the course on my research into other people and what they're doing with productized services. So the course includes, you know, not to talk so much about the actual course package and everything, but it's th there are 11 other case study interviews that I've done with other productized service owners who they do productized services in a very different way than, than what I've done. Um, everyone's a little bit different in different ways, but then I also noticed that there are uh, trends that are similar across everyone's business and then I drew on on the experience of them and built that into the course lessons and, and the material and I'm teaching based on example sure some of it's from my own ex example and experience but a lot is based on um, the experience of others and I've seen and, and even you know again looking at like blog articles and, and bloggers that I think are really effective at this it's the ones who draw in examples from other people and show you look how does this concept actually apply in the real world um, and you can do that by talking about your own experience or talking about others. And I think it's important to kind of mix both. 
And if you're if you if you're talking about a, a topic that you feel that you are less experienced on it, then then lean more heavily on 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 examples from more well-known people. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. I think that there is. Uh, by the way, can you hear me typing? Because I'm taking notes actively. No, I, I don't hear you typing, but I do hear the, the trucks driving by my <laughs> office. Here, <so>. Awesome. <laughs> um, I think you're right, and and I know. Well, I don't think you're right. I know you're right. If you're if and I love the advice that when you're writing or you're creating these products, you're thinking of the person who's one, two, three years behind us, because it's so. Like, think about if for those in the audience who do client services, and that's a majority of us. I mean, your clients, even today, your clients are like, what's this Facebook ads thing? Uh, how should I use Facebook? And you're like, really? This is 2014. I'm not even on Facebook anymore. Right. <laughs> like, how are you just catching up to this, right? And it's so true. The world, as small as it seems when you're on Twitter or somewhere else because you just have this hyper-focus, um, you think it's so small and, you, and things are moving so fast for you, it's really this huge open ocean for, those of, for the other folks who are just catching up to this stuff. Um, that's, that's totally right. And these, these markets are constantly expanding, whether it's WordPress or freelancing in general or just you know, working with clients. More and more people are going freelance and more and more people are getting into WordPress. So there's, there's a vastly increasing need for education around this stuff you yeah. know so so yeah uh, you're absolutely right I love that I love that you just said that there's an increasing need for uh, education so somebody like myself sitting back saying hey you know what I, I, my business is you know 80 well maybe not 80 percent maybe 70 60 to 70 percent of consulting service side of of the house uh, then there's the deliverables technical development and 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 design and things like that but for those of the folks that are in the audience, how, how can we start to even say, okay, I do this WordPress consulting gig, I charge 100 bucks an hour to talk to somebody, just talk, not deliver. How can I turn that into a product? How can I take my service and put that into a product? What some good takeaways for those uh, thinking about that? Yeah, sure. So you know, I'll give you a couple of steps, and these are taken straight from the course. Um, and I'll talk through these, and then I'll actually give you a couple of examples of, of people in a, in a second. So number one, you know, when you, when you think about systemizing and scaling up, some of the most common things that come to mind are like hiring a team and delegating the work and and getting into procedures and all of that stuff will will come. Those are like steps three and four of this process. But really, step number one is standardizing the work, making it as predictable as possible. So, you know, currently what what most of us do as freelancers is. Um, you know, you take on any and every product, project that comes along and any and every client that comes along. Um, and what happens is you, you get into these discovery meetings, uh, you know, t with like a new prospect that, that might become a client. You get into these meetings um, and you have to learn everything that, about them. Like, what do they need? What, what do they value? What don't they value? Um, what do they care about? And then you have to kind of reinvent the product that you're selling that one person every time you're reinventing your your scope in the project and you're and you're you know bundling in all different types of services and then you know the value proposition changes from time to time so the first step in, in all this is to nail down a single value proposition a single service a, a set of deliverables or just a single deliverable um, and package that at a, at a very specific scope and, and a price tag and it's not about just kind of like haphazardly 
picking one thing and putting a number on it. It's, it's really figuring out what is that one thing that is most valuable to, to customers and, and then who is that most ideal customer? Who stands to benefit the most from this? And who has this, who experiences this problem more than anyone else so much so that, that they're willing to pay for it to, to have it solved? Um, and so that's really the standards in the way that you that you do your service. And then even once you you set up your your one service that you're doing, we all know that there are ten different ways to accomplish the same task. You know, especially when it comes to building websites and using WordPress. I mean, you know, th there's a thousand different plugins out there. There's a thousand different ways to to build it custom. So what you want to do is standardize the way that you do things, whether it's using the, the same framework every time or using the same coding platform or using the same tools um, and methods and, and your procedures, first you have to work on on that before you and then you know before you get into the next steps which are um, document everything that you're doing. So documenting things into procedures um, and constantly refining and improving those procedures. And then it gets into hiring and delegating to a team if you want to go that, that way. I mean, not everyone wants to grow beyond just one person, and that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, document, uh, delegating to a team, giving them those, those standard uh, repeatable service-related tasks because they've been now they're predictable. Now they're standardized, so now you can train your employees to do the same thing week in, week out. You know, um, that's, One of the things... One of the things that I, I completely, one billion percent agree on is standardizing the work, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because again, a lot of the freelancers that I talk to, folks that are in the Matt Report Pro, folks that I you know consult with or just generally chat with on the site, they come to me and they say, I'm having a hell of a time, you know, charging, you know, getting the right uh, project uh, number out there. In other words, I, I might be scoping something and going in too low. I, I, I I thought I, I could get away with a good profitable project at 1500 bucks. At the end of the day, I should have charged 5000 <laughs> uh, you know, or even more. And they say that you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do uh, enough discovery. Or the client's coming back to me and they're asking for more. That's because you haven't standardized and you haven't set your own in set in stone, right? If you're going to take the route of like that dynamic consulting agency or agent, you literally have to think like Ari Gold from uh, from um, Entourage. Entourage. Yeah. Uh, you really have, or or some like high-paid uh, sports agent, um, because every time you walk into a scenario, you are coming up with something new. And imagine you walked into a dealership, a car dealership. Let's say it's a Toyota Camry, and you look at that Toyota Camry, you go, I want that camp, but I want three doors, I want a V8, I want a, a battery pack, and also powered by that, I want a 10-inch LCD screen in it, and they're like, whoa, 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 like this is what you get, it's a Toyota yeah. Camry, you get these three choices, you want custom, all of a sudden you're at the Aston Martin dealership and you're paying like $300,000, it's still an Aston Martin at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that's a great example, I mean, in the, um, in, in the course I have a couple examples like this, like, really it's about selling a product. You're selling one thing with a single price tag and so for example you wouldn't go into a, a convenience store and, and pick up a, a product off the shelf or, or go on Amazon.com and, and find what you're looking for. You know, you're in the market for a new podcasting microphone. You know, um, I'm not going to find a microphone and be like, oh well it doesn't have a volume switch. I'm not going to go email Jeff Bezos <laughs> and ask him to adjust this, this product feature set. Right. You know, um, you know what happens with a productized service when you're selling 
um, when you're selling it as a product, that whole phase of negotiation around price is basically just removed from the table. You're just being totally upfront, like this is what you get and this is the price tag. Um, and then what happens is it removes that from the conversation. So every, so the conversation becomes around value. You know, all right, we, we know what the price tag is. So now what, what do I get for that? And how is that actually going to impact my business? You know, that's what the customer is thinking about. They're not, they're not really thinking along the lines of like, well, how can I get this for less or how can I, you know. Um, so yeah. that's, that's really what it comes, comes into. And that's exactly it. I mean, for the for the freelancer consultant that's going into a client that has no experience dealing with uh, the deliverables of a, of a web project or whatever service it is you might be offering, they don't see the value, and especially when you come in there as like the blank canvas, like they get to paint on you and say, yeah. "Here's what I want you to do for me," and you're sitting there like, "Okay, I guess I'll do it." And then in six months, you're like, "This is the worst project I ever took on." Uh, I like, yeah, exactly. I like the method. I like your your method, and maybe you have some experience in this. And I think we've talked about this once before. Is can a can if you were to create a product, uh, if the freelancer out there created a product and it was like, you know, how to properly set up WordPress. Let's just say that's the product. Is that a good cornerstone for adding on some other service to it? Like a, you go to a client, the client says. Uh, I got 500 bucks to spend. Can you build me Facebook? And you say, I can't, but I've got this product called How to Build Your WordPress Website. That's 500 bucks. You can buy that. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you come across anything with positioning uh, and having those products uh, out there like that? Absolutely. I, I've, I've seen that again and again. Um, you know, when you have your, your one cornerstone product, and maybe, maybe it's kind of like a side product that comes into the conversation with prospects, or maybe it's your main thing. Um, you know that is well defined. It has the price tag. This is the scope. Um, it might not have everything that, that the client needs. And then, yeah, if 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 you have that flexibility and and you want to offer additional consulting services on top of that, perfect. You know, um, we see that both with productized consulting and and then also software products. So if you're selling a plugin or if you're selling um uh, like a SaaS product, and this is this kind of relates to what I've done with Restaurant Engine is, you know you. You can sell the one software as a standalone tool, but maybe perhaps as an add-on, a productized service on top of that to help you implement the software, help you set it up, and help you run it. You know, so so a few examples come to mind. Um, uh, Jared Drysdale launched just about a month ago. Launched uh, web, uh, what is it? Landingpageinaday.com, and I think currently for for a thousand bucks. He will design and write the copy for one landing page for your upcoming product or for some current product that you're offering. So it's a, a like a sales page, one page website, you know, or one additional page to add onto your website uh, in a day. So it only takes one day. You know, you 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 press buy now, you pay the thousand dollars, and then you schedule the the day in the calendar. And I think there's like a form that happens in between there, like you you input some. You answer a few questions, and then Jared will actually write up the content, and he'll design the landing page. And so, the the first thing about that example is that he launched this service literally in a weekend. And and he told me in my interview with him that like he had the idea on a Friday, put the his sales page live on a Sunday, and posted it to a couple of, of forums. And by Tuesday or Wednesday, he actually booked seven of these pro projects. Um, now the other interesting thing about his story is. He, about a year ago, he launched 
a, a, a software product called, um, uh, what was it called? Cascade. It, so it's like a design framework, kind of like a CSS design framework that lets you swap in and out different styles and like really quickly mock up, or not mock up, but I actually build and design a landing page. That is sold as a standalone product that you can buy. But what, what he's done is he's using his own product, his software, to streamline his way of setting up landing pages. So when someone purchases his productized service, he sets them up with a landing page very, very quickly because he's already built a product to do that, and, and it just helps him streamline. You know? And I've done a, a similar thing with Restaurant Engine. Early on when I launched that, um, it, my, my goal with that was to be like a do-it-yourself. Any restaurant owner can come on and, and sign up and create their own website and, and do that. And then over the years, it has evolved to the point now where every new customer, we, we talk to them on the phone, we get them on board, we, we manually set up their website for them, and then we'll even make ongoing updates for them. That's all included in the service. And, and we charge for all that. We charge a setup fee, and, and it's required for all customers now. And, um, but we can set up a new site for, for a customer in about two days. You know, we do it very, very quickly because we have this software layer underneath. So we've like added on this productized service on top of an existing software. And that, you know, we see that pattern again and again. Yeah. I want to dive uh, into the mind of, of an entrepreneur, uh, specifically yours, of course. And, I, you know, I'm very much into, obviously, entrepreneurship, startups, uh, for better or for worse, I'm into the glamour of startups. Like I love watching like Jason Calacanis this week in startups and, and seeing all these companies that are getting funded and you know multi millions of dollars and you know TechCrunch disrupts of the world. I love watching that. And though I know it's like entertainment for me, it's like you know it's like probably not good for us, right? It's probably like the equivalent of like the Kardashians, right? You shouldn't be <laughs> watching that because you shouldn't want to live that lifestyle. And I feel like I'm doing the same thing sometimes. Do you think? Uh, you know, I consider folks like you and I sort of, sort of uh, the journeymen of entrepreneurship. In other words, we're not in Silicon Valley. We might not be at this point seeking investment money. Uh, what's your out, outlook or what's your advice? I mean, do you think it's – should people be trying to go for like the home runs all the time or should they, or should they branch out and just have a multiple product portfolio like you do? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Should you, you know, is yeah. it for better or for worse? Should you be spreading yourself out too thin? Like, I'm not going to say you're too thin, but you get the idea. You yeah, well, I, I, I mean, first of all, I've certainly suffered from that, like being spread too thin and, and lack focus. And, and it has had an impact on, on businesses like stagnating and everything. And then when I chose to focus on one thing at a time, it really helped. So, but, you know, to step back, I mean, I, I'm personally very much of the bootstrapped mindset and, and really, in the last year or two, um, I've been really excited about this whole community around bootstrapping and self-funding your business. Um, and there is a really thriving community built up around this. And, and it kind of reminds me of like of the WordPress community in a lot of ways. And, and there's certainly plenty of overlap in, in these two worlds. Um, you know, you look at what uh, Rob Walling and Mike Tabor have done with their Startups for the Rest of Us podcast and their um, conference, MicroConf. Um, and lately there, there've been plenty of other podcasts around bootstrapping and, and, and then communities forming around those. And it's a lot of the same people. So I've been really excited about all that. And, um, basically the, the whole concept is like, look, we're, we're just building these businesses, one cu one paying customer at a time. We're not interested in going out and getting VC venture funding. I, honestly, for me, I've never been interested in that. 
frankly, because I don't even understand it. Like, I don't even get why, if, if I were to get millions of dollars of funding, I don't know how I would spend that money. And, and the whole, and the whole um, notion of starting a business and immediately going millions of dollars into debt I don't. I don't like the that that math. I prefer starting at zero and and going getting like hundred dollars plus. Yep. Plus <laughs> column. You know. Um. So that's that's always just kind of made sense to me. Um. But then like even within this this world, whether it's in WordPress in the WordPress community or in, or the or the bootstrapping self funded community, you still get those stories of the exceptions, the the outliers who do extremely well, like within our little, like the guys that I follow and, and talk to and, and and all that stuff, you, know, you look at like Nathan Barry and like Brennan Dunn and, and, and Rob Walling and, and you know all these other guys who who do hit the home runs, who have the you know multi-thousand dollar launches and, and you know um, multi-six-figure incomes for, you know for off these, these bootstrapped businesses and um, you know we all we all fall into that trap where it's you know you kind of like idolize or you it, it seems so attainable but then it it doesn't hit reality um, and what I what I've learned and I've had to learn the hard way honestly is um, you know you, everybody goes through the, this gradual step by step struggle or, or you know, to get to that kind of success, you have to go through all the little steps that came before it, and those guys went through them just like the re the rest of us have gone through it. So, um, you know, it's about starting small, taking it one step at a time, and and really um, acknowledging the wins that you have. Like when you when you get one paying customer, do you know how huge that is? That is such a, that is such a huge accomplishment to get one person. To pay, like a stranger, not not your friend, <laughs> not your yeah. mom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to get one person on the internet to pay you money for something, a nineteen dollar ebook or something, it's like that's huge. You know, that's even bigger than the hundredth customer. So, you know, um, is there is, can can you share one of those hard lessons learned with us, and and what separate and what did you learn from that that maybe you applied to this this launch of this new product, or what is it? How how has it really changed? Hmm. Um, Let's see. Well, I guess. I, okay, so like looking back to last year, um, it was around this time last year in 2013 that I launched my first ebook, uh, designed for conversions, and that was like my first educational product that I've ever sold. Um, and at the time, I, th I think I had like a couple hundred people on my email list. It was a pretty small audience at the time, and. Um, I, I was reading a lot of Nathan Barry and and the other guys and everything, and and I was really excited about the idea of writing and and selling an ebook around something that I was um, that I was really interested in, uh, that I felt I had a lot to share on, which was how to design a, an effective marketing website. Um, and you know, not not that the, the the that product was a flop or anything. I think it I think it actually did fairly well, especially considering I only had about 350 people on my list at the time. Um, you know, but I think I think what happened was I rushed into the idea of building a product, uh, and and I didn't do enough research into into my audience and my and I at the time I didn't have as big of an audience to to tap into for that research. So I kind of just wrote something that I that I felt had value, and a few people in my audience saw that it had value, um, but that value didn't apply to 
to everyone. And what I learned going into productize now, you know, over the over the year that followed, um, I spent way more time. Number one, just building my audience and writing lots and lots of content, and not just not just producing lots of content, but really understanding who is in my audience and what are the questions that I need to be answering in order to make this content resonate. You know, um, and I did that a few ways. You know, number one, I have a welcome email, so everyone who joins my my email newsletter on the second day they're going to get an, an email response from me and the subject line says questions and in there I have three really short questions I, I say something like you know um, by now you might know a thing or two about me but now I want to know about you and oops, let me open it up right now so the, those three questions are number one what are you currently working on and number two where do you want to be 12 months from now and number three what's your biggest challenge that's standing in your way and I get a lot of replies to this, and I, I have a lot of them that are waiting for me to read and reply right now. Um, but I read every single one, and I and I try to reply to every one. And these are so insightful if you're trying to create content because you start to see the same things come up again and again, the same answers, and some of them are really, really long and, and detailed. And you start to really understand, like, what are these people doing every day and, like, the challenges and the struggles. And that gets into, like, writing for people who are, who, who might just be, you know, a year or two behind. And there are plenty of people who subscribe to my audience who are probably a couple of years ahead of me. Um, but for, for one reason or another, they resonated with something that I wrote. Um, and that's awesome, you know. And, and and it's really inspiring me to, to read these questions and then, and then, like the article that I'm writing today, it, I'm going to hopefully publish it later today, um, is called uh, uh, Finding the Time to Change Your Business. Everybody struggles with finding enough time to work on their business and not work in their business. Like everybody's, whether you're caring for kids at home and, you, or, and you've got a family or you're just tied up in all this client work, like how are you ever going to find the time to work on a product or productizing and all that? Um, that answer, this article came straight from the answers from this email, seeing the same answers again and again. Um, so I just wrote all about that. So that's that's one thing that I would recommend everyone do is ask your audience to reply to your emails and ask them what they're working on and what's most challenging. Um, and so I know I'm kind of just droning on a little bit here, but like in, in, the, in the last year, well, in the in the last year in 2014, I um, I iterated a little bit on, on the topic which eventually became this productized course. Like at first um, I, I thought that I was going to do a product around content marketing and systemizing that, like how to hire writers and how to systemize the whole editorial calendar. Because like, I, I did all that stuff with Restaurant Engine and it's been pretty effective. Um, so I started, I, I, I wrote some content around that and I did like a free email course around that. and a handful of people kind of resonated with that, but not a, a whole lot. I was able to see that, like, of of the people who read those articles or read those emails, only, a, a, like, less than 1% of them actually opted in to a potential product, to hear about a potential product around that. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of, not much is resonating there. So then over the summer, I did a survey of my audience, I, like a one-time survey, um, asked a bunch of questions like, where, where are you at right now? Like, are you freelancing? Are you running a product? Are you at an agency? Um, you know, a couple more questions around, like, 
what's what's challenging you right now who are the other art things that you're reading who are the other blogs and books and 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 all that um, and everyone in my audience said that or the the vast majority of the people who replied to that survey said that they're in this transition they're trying to break out of freelance work and they're trying to get more into products and um, they're just kind of unsure of the path for how to get there and that's that's when I really landed on 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 productize like I knew that productize consulting and services were something that's happening right now it's something that's worked well for me so then I I launched this uh, free course which you can still take today it's a crash course on productizing you can get that right on the homepage of castjam.com um, it's a six lesson email course all about how to productize your business and that the, the response for that was compared to the first one was through the roof I mean this thing converts like crazy and then people get to the productized landing page which I launched a few months back before the, the actual product was built that converts like crazy you know plenty of people are signed up for the early access list and that's what allowed this to this product to actually come together and that's what convinced me to go ahead and spend the last two months you know shooting all these videos and editing and, and creating and, and putting it out um, and now we're uh, we're about one week into the launch of this course and it's um, it, it's definitely uh, successful I, I do plan to uh, Jordan and I my co-host on, on our podcast on bootstrapped web um, in November We'll do an episode where I go in detail into the whole launch sequence and and the results and the numbers and all that stuff. Um, so that'll come out in a few weeks. That's um, great. The I mean I I it's um, number one. Thanks for being so honest and and really opening up uh, to the the Brian of last year, hopping in the DeLorean, <laughs> setting the clock to 2013, <laughs> and jumping back in time and and then comparing yourself. So I, I do appreciate that. Uh, and you know what? It's I know it's it's one of those things where it's you know it's tough to sort of admit to these. Uh, I don't even want to say weaknesses because they're not weaknesses. It's just the, it's the growth of an entrepreneur. Like number one, it took it took you, you know, years. You know, up until 2013 when you did your first product launch, it took you years to build up to that. Um, and it's it's just another uh, journey. It's another learning process. Another notch on the belt to sort of get to the next level. And I think too many of us. Uh, again, I go back to like the celebrityness, the uh, the the glamour of startup, and a lot of people see this stuff and they're convinced by other marketers that it's so easy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can become that millionaire over a weekend, and the market is so inundated with that stuff, and it drives yeah. me nuts. Um, so me I, too, I, and and that's what I'm really afraid of, especially as as I'm launching this these educational products and writing so much on my blog. Um, I, I do. I am afraid of that misconception that like this is this is not easy. I'm not selling an easy solution. Right. And yes, I said earlier that you know launching a productized service can, you can launch it very quickly, and that's true. But you can't build a business quickly. That right. takes years. <laughs> right. You know, and and um, you know what I try to write about is how to how to get traction really quickly. How to how to take those first steps really quickly, and then how to build on that, and how to systemize and scale it up, and then you know. Yeah. Um, but really, I, I want to stress that it's um, there are no uh, easy easy solutions out there. Nope. And and all those success stories that you see out there, it's not that they just got lucky. It's just that you you you're only hearing about their highlight reel. Right. You're not hearing about all the all, all the flops because there were a lot of them. Yep. 
Uh, it's the ten-year overnight success, right? <laughs> it took you ten years yeah. to get successful overnight. Uh, one of my first, like when I first started getting into, you know, what is web marketing and 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 uh, spinning up my own company, I was very much in tune, and I still am today, to Chris Brogan, um, good guy up here in in the Boston area. And I remember get, getting on a webinar with him, and I think the webinar was like. 40 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that and he and back then it, he was very much into social media uh, and and blogging and, and Twitter and talking about those aspects and I remember somebody asking him the question of you know how much money did you make on this call and you know it was 50 bucks multiplied by the X amount of people on the call and he showed his screen and it was like he made $13,000 on that one call and then you saw like the chat room like light up and people were like, oh my God, like $13,000, that's amazing and all this stuff. And he's like, but it took me at this time, at the time that he, he recorded, it took me 10 years to get to this. This is like 10 yeah. years of experience bottled up, uh, you know, for this one time. So exactly. uh, it's it just not, takes a boatload of time. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, starting, it's starting small and just building one brick at a time. You know, um, that reminds me of, um, you know, what, what Justin Jackson did. He runs a... a a, uh, a podcast called Product People, and he and he writes a lot, and he has a great newsletter. Um, uh, you know, I think he has a pretty good uh, sized audience at this point. But he he talked about how he wanted to just launch a really simple product and launch something quickly. And what he did was just a paid webinar. Um, I forgot what the cut, maybe around a hundred bucks a seat, and he just booked it on a Saturday, and that's it. Like he didn't have to go out and write a whole book or course or um, build a big pro software product. Like This was one of his first products, but that, that gave him a little bit of a, a very nice revenue, like not a, not a $13,000 launch, but it was, you know, I think he only, he only opened it up to like 20 people or something like that. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then that kind of not only validates, but gives him like the runway to go and build a, a bigger uh, product, which I think he, he then did a whole course. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, you just got to start small. Yeah. So as we were, um, cruising along here, what's the, and I know you're going to, and you're going to talk about this in, in one of the feature episodes for uh bootstrap web podcast. Uh, but what's one piece of advice for promoting a product? A lot of people struggle with that too. I mean, it's, they finally build it. They spend all that time crafting this product. They get it ready. They finish their landing page. How do they get it out there? What's what's been the best one best vehicle for you getting the getting the, the name out there uh, for the new product? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is to start way earlier than than most people start the, that promotion process. I was talking about productize at least three months ago, um, from the very first moment that I thought that I might build this into a course, I had a landing page up, and before that, I I had even wrote a six part free email course which is still available now. So it started with that. It's like start with writing the content and, and educating around that topic um, and then let people know like, look, I'm, I'm in the process or I might be in the process of building a course around this. Enter your email to join the early access list and then what I did and what everyone should do is do the research after that and that means personally emailing those people who enter their email and hop on Skype calls with them. Um, and I go through a whole process for doing this customer research interviews and everything, but um, that's that's in the course. But basically what you want to do is, um, you know, send them an email, get on a call with them, interview them, ask them all about, like, what are you working on? What were you working on last year? 
where do you want to be next year, um, and a whole list of questions, you know, um, and and really dig into and ask them like what what makes you interested in this? Like you entered your email in this in this early access list, so what is it about this that, that's resonating with you? And what figure out what those specific pain points are, and then you know you do ten or twenty of those interviews. Again, you start to see patterns, and then you can go back and rewrite the copy on that landing page using this the very things that like take it out of their mouths, out of the customers' mouths, and like because they explain their their pain points much better than than you would. Um, you know, like it, it like for productize, for example, I I found that early like the first version of of that landing page, the the top headline said something like um, I forgot exactly, but it was like transition from being a freelancer to being a, a business owner, right? Like level up to being a business, something like that. Um, and that's kind of what I thought was the main way to resonate. And then through these interviews, I, I kept hearing, you know, I'm, I'm just sick of billing by the hour. I'm sick of um, having my, my income so tied to my time. And that's when I realized that Billing by the like you want to break free of billable hours, so now that's the headline like break free of of, of billable hours. Or I, I think that's what it is. Um, and like another thing that that kept coming up, and I I didn't even realize this, but it was true for myself. But I didn't realize it until people told me on these interviews is um, they hate writing these proposals. They hate they hate writing the you know the discovery process. So I learned that that's like a main pain point is like you know eliminate the discovery process. You know, you don't have to write lengthy proposals or estimates, and like that's a that's a phrase that came straight out of somebody's mouth. Yep. You know, um, and oh, and awesome. and then like that, like in terms of promoting it, like when the day comes, um, you know, like I I, I reached out to plenty of, of podcasts and and I did plenty of guest article writing, and that that's been very very good. But again, that's something that that has taken years to build up, right? Like a complete unknown new person will not have much success when it comes to if you're just try, trying to write your very first guest article and you haven't been blogging elsewhere before, you know? Um, so around th so this month and, and last month I had a few articles come out on, on like Michael Hyatt's blog, Web Designer Depot, Mashable. I think I have one coming out on Smashing Magazine pretty soon. You know, these relationships didn't happen overnight. You know, I landed those guest articles I landed those relationships over over years of writing for other articles, writing for or writing for smaller blogs, writing on my own blog, and then I leveraged those into um, into those opportunities to to get these placements at at the right time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of you know some of the things that I hear from folks that contact me is I you know I tell them they're like I, I'm going to create this product. You know, I'm gonna be, you know, a millionaire because that's what your podcast told me. <laughs> uh, you know, and and they think enough to just launch. Even in this day and age, they think that if you just build it, they'll come and and you'll be, you know, revenue will be, you know, through the roof. You know, it it takes time to create this audience. And if you're afraid, if like if you come to me and you say, I'm gonna launch this product, and I say, what does your audience look like? And they say, oh God, like I don't. Well, number one, I don't have an audience. I barely use Twitter, and I never blog and forget podcasting because I don't like the way I look or I don't like my voice, you're going to be very, very hard off to try to get launched and get traction unless you get this amazing product that's in a perfect category and you're going to just spend boatloads of money on pay-per-click because I don't know how else you're going to get organic traffic. And then 
even if you say, you know what, Matt, we can do that. We can optimize. We can do SEO. We can do pay-per-click. You're probably not going to be of the mindset to talk to your audience and talk to your customers. Like, if you're uncomfortable with that stuff, um, maybe that's the next product. <laughs> you have to start getting more comfortable with yourself in yeah. order to get there. Um, yeah, totally. And, like, even if you're... There is no easy um, way to just pay for this stuff to happen. Like you can, even if you have thousands of dollars to go to, to go throw at PPC and, and and AdWords and stuff like that, even that you still need to that still needs to be centered around education because you can't just point PPC ads straight to a sales page. You're not gonna that that stuff doesn't convert. You have to you have to point it to an educational resource and then get them to join your list and then email them on a regular basis and give them more and more content and free value um, before they feel comfortable and even trust you for you know to be in a position where you could ask them to buy something yep um, you know and, and like I, I think I think like education is so central to whether you're in the software business the plugin business the themes business or the educational process uh, products business um, Education is is at the center of all of it. Yep. That's that's marketing today is, is teaching. Um, I'm going to skip on over to the very last question as we're uh, running out of time here. But uh, you know, you, you started your own podcast. You started doing a, it mostly solo and then some interview stuff. But recently, you brought on uh, Jordan as a co-host. How has that helped with the podcast? How did you guys meet? Tell us about that story. Oh yeah, that that's been awesome. So Bootstrap Web is our podcast, and um, we are up to episode forty six now, and I, and you are on episode forty six. Nice. <laughs> so that's uh that that's coming out on Thursday of this week, um, and so so yeah, like it started as my own podcast, which I started about a year ago, and um, for a while it was just me, and I brought on guests and I did interviews, and I think it was okay. Like I had a few. Um, higher profile interviews that, that did pretty well and then others that were just kind of like really I was just inv interviewing people that I was interested in talking to and I think that they were fairly interesting conversations but overall it didn't really get a whole lot of traction um, but then it, it kind of got to a point where I, I wanted to transition the show and get away from interviewing and, and talk more about just the experience of, of running the business from day to day and so I invited my friend Jordan Gal, um, and I've known Jordan for over a year now. He and I are in a mastermind group together, and um, so that's how I met him. Uh, and then, and and he and I have like really hit it hit it off over the last year. Um, we, in a lot of ways, we think the same about business, but then there are plenty of ways where we are really different views or different experiences, and I think that's what really helps the show a lot. Um, so I brought him on, and and he became the co-host, and. Most of the episodes today are basically just me and him, and we pick one theme to talk about. Like, um, like we did one whole episode a couple weeks ago, all about customer research and how to how to do that, or how we've done it in our businesses as well. Um, we did one all about webinars. We did one, um, you know, uh, last week's we did it all about like building an audience and like why and how to go about building an audience. Um, but then occasionally we do bring on a guest. So so yesterday we had you on, and that's publishing this week. And we talked all about like family business, you know, partnering with with family members and doing business with family. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so it's it's just been awesome. And so he's been on 10, 10 or twelve episodes at this point. Um, and yeah, we really noticed a, an increase in listenership, in 
iTunes reviews, tweets, you know, um, people, uh, you know, sending in questions and, and wanting us to cover certain topics and like, yeah, it was like a really noticeable difference. And the other thing is like, I never used to listen back to my own episodes because frankly, I was like, well, why, why should I, I was there. Like, I don't, I don't need to listen to it, you know? Um, but since I, since doing it with, with, with Jordan, most of these episodes, I actually do go back and listen to, to most of them. Um, and it's become like really interesting for me to listen back and like you catch all these things that we talked about that I don't even remember talking about that um, or hearing someone else talk about that. And uh, so I, I think that's a good sign. I think it, I think it's it's become definitely more interesting. Has it sort of uh, taken away some of the weight uh, of doing a podcast? And and I just feel like you know we're almost uh, I'm almost a hundred episodes episodes in on the Matt Report. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like there's a, a certain weight of either performing or uh, creativity or just doing it in general as a podcaster. Does has has the partnership sort of helped with that too? Uh, yeah, it definitely has helped. Um, number one, when I was doing only interviews, I would constantly have to find guests to book and then do research and prepare the questions and all that. So that was a lot of work. Um, just producing the, the the shows, like we've split up that work as well. Like I do. I do the editing and getting it up, and, and he's, he prepares all the show notes and everything. Um, so that helps. Um, but then the other piece is, so like on the other side of this is like, it also took us a few episodes to really get used to the dynamic because it's a totally different dynamic, you know, just me and him talking for an hour or, or more lately. They've been pretty long. Um, so we have to kind of get used to staying focused and, staying on topic and we we both kind of collaborate quite a bit on the notes beforehand like in a google doc we'll, we'll prepare like what are we going to cover um and me and him will have like an hour conversation before we even hit record just figuring out what we're going to talk about um but i think i think even that's you know we're only like 12 episodes into doing this together so um we're, we're starting to notice like even more like chemistry is, is coming together and, and figuring out like how to, how to run these shows better. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously I'm a fan. I was a fan uh, before that. Uh, and I think it's great. I think it's refreshing and it's so interesting because I start thinking about this, you know, just like network TV. It's just like, you know, when you have your favorite uh, show that you watch all the time, right. And then season two comes out and you're like, you know, you're like, how, how are they going to keep this going? This is so awesome. And then season three comes out, and it's totally different. You're like, this sucks. <laughs> Why did they do that? It's because they're always trying to find something, something new. It's a new twist. Um, so as much as like, you know, new media uh, sort of uh, laughs at old media, they've already experienced all this stuff. You know, doing it over and over again, finding new material, bringing yeah. on new people to the show. It's like the same challenges. It's crazy. It's definitely interesting to be in this space and kind of kind of see those ebbs and flows. It really is. I, I love podcasting. I think this this whole space is it's still so new. It's it's old. Like podcasts go back to like what like the nineties, but yep. like um, it still feels new and like untapped, right? Like when you think about like trying to gain listeners and an audience on a podcast as hard it is as it is to like produce technically a, a podcast it's easy to get listeners if you're um, if you're talking about interesting things and yep. like just, just ranking in like the iTunes directory um, compared to ranking in say Google for your blog is infinitely easier you know so 
Well, Brian, this has been an awesome discussion. Uh, I know we went uh, way over time today, but I think it was well worth it. Lots of uh, great lessons here today. I don't even know where to begin to do a recap, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to say, <laughs> uh, if you made it this far, listen to it again, uh, because there's just a ton of stuff uh, to kind of sink into, so to sink your teeth into, so that was great. Uh, where can folks find the new product? Where can they find you on the web? Where are all things Brian? Yeah, thank, I mean, you know, this is so much fun every time I come on here. Um, so thanks for having me back. Um, and uh, so that that free crash course on productizing, that you can find that on the homepage of castjam.com. Um, I am castjam on Twitter. And, uh, and the new productize is available at castjam.com slash productize. Awesome. That's castjam.com slash productize. Uh, I invite everybody to go check that out. If you're thinking about, uh, you know, I want to turn my services into a product. I'm sick and tired of trading uh, hours for dollars. Definitely go check that out. That's castjam.com slash productize. Everybody else, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Five-star review. Let's try to see if we can beat Bootstrap Web in the iTunes directory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just head on over to iTunes, search for Matt Report. You don't even have to leave a review. Just drag your mouse over to the five stars, hit the fifth star, click it. It'll be awesome. We will all appreciate that. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. And if you are interested in learning a little bit more uh, about how to run a WordPress agency, freelance business, whatever, Check out mattreport.com slash join. You can join the mastermind call, the private forums, and all the good stuff that we do behind the scenes at the Matt Report. Until next time, everybody, see you then.